Clearshore presents The Red Queen Problem Innovation in the DoD and Intelligence Community by Steve Blank October 17th, 2017 at steveblank.com It takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. The Red Queen, Alice in Wonderland Innovation, disruption, accelerators have all become urgent buzzwords in the Department of Defense and Intelligence community. They are a reaction to the Red Queen problem, but aren't actually solving the problem. Here's why. In the 20th century, our nation faced a unique adversary, the Soviet Union. During the Cold War, the threat from the Soviets was quantifiable and often predictable. We could specify requirements, budget and acquire weapons based on a known foe. We could design warfighting tactics based on knowing the tactics of our opponent. Our Defense Department and intelligence community owned proprietary advanced tools and technology. We and our contractors had the best technology domain experts. We could design and manufacture the best systems. We used these tools to keep pace with the Soviet threats and eventually used silicon, semiconductors, and stealth to create an offset strategy to leapfrog their military. That approach doesn't work anymore. In the 21st century, you need a scorecard to keep track of the threats. Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, ISIS, in Yemen, Libya, Philippines, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, hackers for hire, etc. Some are strategic peers. Some are near peers in specific areas. Some are threats as non-state disruptors operating with no rules. In addition to the proliferation of threats, most of the tools and technologies that were uniquely held by the DODIC, or only within the reach of large nation-states, are now commercially available. Cyber, GPS, semiconductors, analytics, centrifuges, drones, genetic engineering, agile and lean methodologies, ubiquitous internet, crypto and smartphones, etc. In most industries, manufacturing is no longer a core competence of the U.S. U.S. agencies that historically owned technology superiority and fielded cutting-edge technologies now find that off-the-shelf solutions may be more advanced than the solutions they are working on, or that adversaries can rapidly create asymmetric responses using these readily available technologies. The result is that our systems, organizations, headcount, and budget designed for 20th century weapons procurements and warfighting tactics on a predictable basis can't scale to meet all these simultaneous and unpredictable challenges. Today, our DOD and national security agencies are running as hard as they can just to stay in place. But our adversaries are continually innovating faster than our traditional systems can respond. They have gotten inside our OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, and act. We believe that continuous disruption can only be met with a commitment to continuous innovation. Pete Newell and I have spent a lot of time bringing continuous innovation to government organizations. Newell ran the U.S. Army's Rapid Equipping Force on the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan, finding and deploying technology solutions against agile insurgents. He spent the last four years in Silicon Valley out of uniform, continuing that work. 
I've spent the last six years teaching our country scientists how to rapidly turn scientific breakthroughs into deliverable products by creating the curriculum for the National Science Foundation Innovation Corps, now taught in 53 universities. Together, Pete, Joe Felter, and I created Hacking for Defense, a nationwide program to teach university students how to use lean methodologies to solve defense and national security problems. The solution to continuous disruption requires new ways to think about, organize, and build and deploy national security people, organizations, and solutions. Here are our thoughts about how to confront the Red Queen trap and adapt a government agency to infuse continuous innovation in its culture and practices. Problem 1. Regardless of a high-level understanding that business as usual can't go on, all agencies are given guidance and metrics, what they are supposed to do, their mission, and how they are supposed to measure success. To no one's surprise, the guidance is business as usual, but more of it. And to fulfill that guidance, agencies create structure, divisions, directorates, etc., designed to execute repeatable processes and procedures to deliver solutions that meet the requirements of the overall guidance. Inevitably, while all of our defense and national security agencies will tell you that innovation is part of their pillars, innovation actually is an ill-defined and amorphous aspirational goal, while the people, budget, and organization continue to flow to execution of mission, as per guidance. There is no guidance or acknowledgement that in our national security agencies, even as we execute our current mission, our capabilities decline every year due to security breaches, technology timing out, tradecraft obsolescence, etc. And there is no explicit requirement for creation of new capabilities that give us the advantage. Solution 1. Extend agency guidance to include the requirements to create a continuous innovation process that a. resupplies the continual attrition of capabilities and b. creates new capabilities that give us a mission advantage. The results will be an agency leadership creating new organizational structures that make innovation a continual process rather than an ad hoc series of heroic efforts. Problem 2. The word innovation actually describes three different types of activities. Solution 2. Use the McKenzie Three Horizons model to differentiate among the three types. Horizon 1 ideas provide continuous innovation to a company's existing mission, model, and core capabilities. Horizon 2 ideas extend a company's existing mission, model, and core capabilities to new stakeholders, customers, or targets. Horizon 3 is the creation of new capabilities to take advantage of or respond to disruptive technologies and opportunities or to counter disruption. We'd add a new category, Horizon Zero, which kills ideas that are not viable or feasible, something that Silicon Valley is tremendously efficient at doing. These horizons also apply to government agencies and other large organizations. Agencies and commands need to support all three horizons. Problem 3. Risk equals failure, and failure is to be avoided as it indicates a lack of competence. Solution 3. The three-horizon model allows everyone to understand that failure in a Horizon 1 or existing mission activity is different than a failure in a Horizon 3 never-been-done-before activity. We want to take risks in Horizon 3, 
if we aren't failing with some efforts, we aren't trying hard enough. An innovation process embraces and understands the different types of failure and risk. Problem 4. Innovators tend to create activities rather than deployable solutions that can be used on the battlefield or by the mission. Accelerators, hubs, cafes, open sourcing, crowdsourcing, makerspaces, chief innovation officers, etc. are all great, but they tend to create innovation theater. Lots of motion, but no action. Great demos are shown, and there are lots of coffee cups and posters. But if you look at the deliverables for the mission over a period of years, the result is disappointing. Most of the executors and operators have seen little or no value from any of these activities. While the activities individually may produce things of value, they aren't valued within the communities they serve because they aren't connected to a complete pipeline that harnesses that value and turns it into a deliverable on the battlefield where it matters. Solution 4. What we have been missing is an innovation pipeline focused on deployment, not demos. The Lean Innovation Process is a self-regulating, evidence-based innovation pipeline. It is a process that operates with speed and urgency, where innovators and stakeholders curate and prioritize their problems, challenges, ideas, and technology. It is evidence-based, data-driven, accountable, disciplined, rapid, and mission and deployment-focused. The process recognizes that innovation isn't a single activity, an incubator, a class, etc. It is a process from start to deployment. There are six steps in the innovation pipeline. Sourcing, challenge creation, prioritization, solution exploration and hypothesis testing, incubation and integration. Innovation sourcing, a list of problems and challenges, ideas and technologies that might be worth investing in. These can come from hackathons, research groups, needs from operators in the field, etc. In challenge creation, innovators get out of their own offices and talk to colleagues and customers with the goal of finding other places in the DoD where a problem or challenge might exist in a slightly different form, to identify related internal projects already in existence, and to find commercially available solutions to problems. It also seeks to identify legal issues, security issues, and support issues. The process also helps identify who the customers for possible solutions would be, who the internal stakeholders would be, and even what initial minimum viable products might look like. This phase also includes building initial minimum viable products, MVPs. Such ideas drop out when the team recognizes that they may be technically, financially, or legally unfeasible, or they may discover that other groups have already built a similar product. Prioritization. Once a list of innovation ideas has been refined by curation, it needs to be prioritized using the McKinsey Three Horizons model. Once projects have been classified, the team prioritizes them, starting by asking, is this project worth pursuing for another few months full-time? This prioritization is not done by a committee of executives, but by the innovation teams themselves. Solution Exploration and Hypothesis Testing The ideas that pass through the prioritization filter enter an incubation process like Hacking for Defense, i the system adopted by all U.S. government federal research agencies to turn ideas into products. This 6-10 to 10 week process delivers evidence for defensible, 
data-based decisions. For each idea, the innovation team fills out a mission model canvas. Everything on that canvas is a hypothesis. This not only includes the obvious, is their solution mission fit, but the other gotchas that innovators always seem to forget. The framework has the team talking not just to potential customers, but also with people responsible for legal, support, contracting, policy, and finance. It also requires that they think through compatibility, scalability, and deployment long before this gets presented to engineering. There is now another major milestone for the team to show compelling evidence that this project deserves to be a new mainstream capability. Alternatively, the team might decide that it should be spun into its own organization or that it should be killed. Incubation. Once hypothesis testing is complete, many projects will still need a period of incubation as the team championing the projects gather additional data about the application, further build the minimum viable product, and get used to working together. Incubation requires dedicated leadership oversight from the Horizon One organization to ensure the fledgling project does not die of malnutrition, a lack of access to resources, or become an orphan, continue to work with no parent to guide them. Integration and refactoring. At this point, if the innovation is Horizon One or Two, it's time to integrate it into the existing organization. Horizon Three innovations are more likely set up as their own entities or at least divisions. Trying to integrate new, unbudgeted, and unscheduled innovation projects into an engineering organization that has line-item budgets for people and resources results in chaos and frustration. In addition, innovation projects carry both technical and organizational debt. This creates an impedance mismatch between the organizations that can be easily resolved with a small, dedicated refactoring team. Innovation then becomes a continuous cycle rather than a bottleneck. Problem 5. The question being asked across the Department of Defense and national security community is, can we innovate like startups in Silicon Valley and insert speed, urgency, and agility into our work? Solution 5. The reality is that the DOD IC is not Silicon Valley. In fact, it's much more like a large company with existing customers, existing products, and the organizations built to support and service them. And much like companies, they are being disrupted by forces outside their control. But what's unique is that unlike a large company that doesn't know how to move rapidly, on the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan, our combatant commands and national security community were more agile, creative, and lean than any startup. They wrote the book on how to collaborate or adopt new technologies. The problem isn't that these agencies and commands don't know how to be innovative. The problem is they don't know how to be innovative in peacetime when innovation succumbs to the daily demands of execution. Part of the reason is that large agencies are run by leaders who tend to be excellent Horizon One managers of existing people, process, and resources, but have no experience in building and leading Horizon 3 organizations. The solution is to understand that an innovation pipeline requires different people, processes, procedures, and metrics than execution. Problem 6. How to get started. How to get leadership behind continuous innovation. Solution 6. To leadership, 
Incubators, cafes, accelerators, and hackathons appear to be just background noise unrelated to their guidance and mission. Part of the problem lies with the innovators themselves. Lots of innovation activities celebrate the creation of demos, funding, new makerspaces, etc. But there is little accountability for the actual rapid deployment of useful tools. Once we can convince and demonstrate to leadership that continuous innovation can solve the Red Queen problem, we have their attention and support. We know how to do this. Our country requires it. Let's get started. Lessons learned. Organizations must constantly adapt and evolve to survive when pitted against ever-evolving opposition in an ever-changing environment. Government agencies need to both innovate and execute. In peacetime, innovation succumbs to the demands of execution. We need explicit guidance for innovation to agencies and their leadership requiring an innovation organization amid process that operates in parallel with the execution of current mission. And we need an innovation pipeline that delivers rapid results, not separate disconnected innovation activities. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We would like to hear from you, so please send your thoughts to comments at clearshore.us or visit us at clearshore.us. If you would like this show delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe to the Clearshore Podcasts on iTunes. Wishing you all the best until next time. <laughs>